Excuse me, sir, I need to pee. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies we loved in our youth and see if they're still any good. This week, we're not watching any movies. Uh, It's a clip show, guys, so it may come as no surprise to you that this show is edited and sometimes I cut out whole conversations. Well, this week, you're going to get to hear those conversations, for better or for worse. Uh, So enjoy the Let's Rewatch clip show. I didn't even get to ask that question. I was going to ask you guys what you thought was... uh... Uh, your favorite game movie? Oh, How I don't know if I've seen there? Battleship Clue. Aren't they making Resident like... Evil, Silent Hill? Oh, I guess just, to- just Tomb Raider. Video games? Oh, video games. Video games are Super Mario Brothers. Like. Does Jumanji count? Jum- well, Jumanji counts. Jumanji, fuck! I don't know how to say that word. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I, did the game come first? Or I, it was a book my mom read to me as a kid growing up. What? Jumanji. It was? Yeah. And then the movie came out. I think the game, the board game, was a was a licensing marketing thing from the movie. It was. I you're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I'm going to look that up. But I know it was a book because my mom used to read it all the time when we were little. I will and say, I, like, oh. I don't know if this counts because, again, it's not a real video game, but Jumanji 2 is a fantastic video game movie. Yeah, I threw yeah. it on. It, it was, was so on good. Like, Prime or something, and I was doing stuff, for, and I just threw it on, and it was one of those, I just kind of watched halfway in the background. I was like, oh, this is, it seems pretty decent, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it was super fun. That surprise it's... cameo halfway through. The Jonas, one of the, the Jonas. Oh, Isn't I didn't it? even know that. Oh, was that a famous person? The yeah, pilot. We have young children. The pilot, the guy who was stuck know. in there who ended up being Colin Hanks at the end. Oh. Who'd been there for like uh, 30 years. Okay. That was one of the Jonas. Oh. Did not know. Oh, I'm unfamiliar Jonas with the faces. Appears. Yeah, they all look the same, right? <laughs> That's Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, you got called um, by Tack on Twitter. He he called you a hipster, a California hipster because <laughs> oh, oh because I don't because watch you don't watch trailers. And I think that we should address this now and forever. But in case you people don't know, Nick doesn't watch movie trailers. Now the extent of this is. If you're in a room and you're with Nick and you play a movie trailer, he will ask you to turn it off or he will leave. If you're in a movie theater with Nick and they play trailers beforehand, he will put in earplugs, listen to music, and look down at the floor to avoid seeing trailers. That's how dedicated Nick is to this. (laughs) This is Nick's religion. Yeah, I don't... I, I watch movies alone a lot because, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm just kidding. So please, I, Nick, explain to everyone. I think you have a perfectly valid reason to to defend you after I have completely thrown you under the bus. I think you have a good reason. So if we're going to talk about this, I'm going to take a minute, not too long, and I don't want to bore Elizabeth with this. <laughs> um, no, no, I want to hear your okay. reasons. I learned about this when I was listening to the uh, the Zoolander podcast, <laughs> so and I'm very anxious to know your reasoning. All right, so I've, I've thought about this and I have structured an argument and, and I want to, I want to put out my argument and then I'm sure people will debate me, especially Brett, but (laughs) I'm going to start by reading a quote from Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. So stick with me on this. Oh God. Alfred Hitchcock says this. 
We're now having a very innocent little chat. Let's suppose there's a bomb underneath this table between us. Nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion. The public is surprised, but prior to this surprise, it has seen an absolutely ordinary scene of no special consequence. Now, let us take a suspense situation. The bomb is underneath the table, and the public knows it, probably because they have seen the anarchist place it there. The public is aware the bomb is going to explode at one o'clock, and there is a clock in the decor. The public can see that it is a quarter to one. In these conditions, the same innocuous conversation becomes fascinating because the public is participating in the scene. The audience is longing to warn the characters on the screen. You shouldn't be talking about such trivial matters. There's a bomb beneath you, and it's about to explode. In the first case, we have given the public 15 seconds of surprise at the moment of the explosion. In the second, we have provided them with 15 minutes of suspense. The conclusion is that whenever possible, the public must be informed, except when the surprise is a twist. That is, when the unexpected ending is in itself the highlight of the story. So think about that quote. And so the point I want to make is, Storytelling at its best is about giving the audience information in a very specific order, in a very specific timeline. If I tell you what's going to happen before the thing happens, it might or might not ruin a joke. It might or might not destroy suspense. It might be an M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) And M. Night Shyamalan is very interesting because you cannot watch a Shyamalan movie without expecting a surprise. He's he's really hurt himself by exercising his most effective muscle. Hmm. So, and, and I think this Alfred Hitchcock quote really, really drives home the fact that if you give me information, any information out of order from what the storyteller was going to give me, then you have affected the efficacy of that story. And granted, we're talking about movies. We're not talking about important global stuff, but this is a thing that I enjoy. This is a thing that brings me happiness and I get more enjoyment when I get the story as told by the storyteller. And I know this would never, ever, ever be possible. But imagine how much more fun The Force Awakens would have been had you not known that the Millennium Falcon was going to be in the movie. That moment would have crushed. I didn't know. And did that movie, did that moment crush? Yeah, it was awesome. That's a fucking moment. So... I think, unfortunately, Bryce has something to say, but un- unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to finish this last thing. Unfortunately, many trailers do spoil that by giving a piece of information out of order. It's unfortunate that they need to market movies that way. No, I'm, I'm done, Bryce. But that, that's, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. Ar- argue with me. No, it's not an argument. I was going to say it reminds me of uh, I went to see Prometheus and I didn't know it was an alien movie. Yes. And so that that was, I had that moment of surprise and it was like. I so wish I could have seen that movie not knowing the connection I, I to alien. I hadn't seen the trailer. I didn't know anything about it. And I was just like, wait, is this an alien movie? Oh yeah, movie? us too. And at the end we're just like, oh shit. <laughs> right? How great was that moment? That was pretty great. So in that, in that subject line, um, one thing that I admire about Pixar is that I feel like they're one of the few studios that does not give too much away in the trailers. Cause I remember going to see up 
and genuinely not knowing what this movie was like about. Their trailer right. was the teaser. Yeah. yeah. And and so yeah. they've got the ability to do that. Unfortunately, a lot of movies need to sell themselves by showing you the most interesting thing. Yeah. And sometimes you see a trailer and it's like, I've seen every beat of the movie. Like, yeah. I'm not going to see Superman or Batman versus Superman because what they're doing to those characters is horrible, but I don't need to. Cause I've seen all the trailers. I kind of know everything that's going to happen in that movie. Yeah. So, and wait, so you did see the trailers for that one. Oh, I watch trailers uh-huh. for stuff I don't care about. <laughs> oh. yeah. But how do you know that you don't care about it until I've, I've, well, Devel- unless you've seen the trailer, I've developed the a skill. whole idea of Batman for Superman for Nick Nick has a, a whole other subject. It's, yeah, we could have a whole thing. And that movie in particular, Batman versus Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, the ending is obvious. Yeah. The ending's in the title. <laughs> I, I've also, developed the skill the of, of being able to sit in a movie theater and see the first 10 seconds of a trailer and then popping in my headphones when I know. You know, it's like, I know Sony's going to put out the Spider-Man movie. Fox is going to put out the X-Men movie. I know today in front of this movie, we're going to see the Independence Day trailer. Like, I can see them coming. So, yeah, I can usually pop in the headphones Yeah, I, I will say, if I'm watching a trailer and, um, and I watch, I will often not watch an entire trailer. So if I go to watch, start to watch a trailer, cause I'm like, I'm interested in this film. If I'm hooked within the first 10, yes. 15 seconds, I go, okay, done. Stop watching the trailer. I'm going to watch the movie. Um, because I do completely agree so often nowadays and, you know, probably in the past too, but the, the entire story is given away in the trailer. And, um, I work in reality TV. I'm a reality TV editor and I edit a lot of promos for our episodes. And it's, it's like a minute thing that it airs, uh, it goes on the web and it's also the beginning intro of the show. And so often the, the idea is in reality TV, let's give everything away. And I think in marketing in general for films, the idea is let's give everything away because we want them to come see it. But the consequence is that, um, you know, yeah, you showed me the Millennium Falcon and that's super exciting. But like you said, the consequence is how awesome would have that moment been yeah. had we not known. And uh, it's, it's sad that 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 happens. I think it all happens because so often I don't think the f- actual filmmakers have anything to do with the trailer. I think it's a completely different marketing that department. That is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. And in working in an industry where the filmmakers and the marketing team are two separate entities, it causes a lot of frustration because the way that they create the trailers is the marketing team sets up these screenings. They invite the public, they watch the public's reaction and say, Oh, 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 the public reacted really strongly to this scene. It has to go in the trailer. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is that, oh, the public reacted really strongly to the scene because of the suspense before it, because it was unexpected, because of the way the storytelling happened. Right. So, But they've yeah. got to sell their movies, and I can't blame them for that. It's, it's just, hard to use Star it's Wars as the metric for, for that yeah, because, I, yeah. because I was so over it. Uh, mm-hmm. and the only thing that actually made me want to see Star Wars bef- before the big hype machine was the first trailer. Yeah, I was like, I would oh my God, this looks like old Star Wars. Job. Me too. I thought <laughs> that too. trailer was great because they really didn't give away any of the story, yeah, which was great. You all told me that and I still wouldn't watch yeah. it because <laughs> I already you know, know I was going to see it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, what you're, I think 
it's it's tough because as as a film student, you know, film kid who went to film school, like watching trailers was like the exciting thing that we would all do and and you know, all us film kids would get excited to go see trailers, but I also really see your side of the coin too, sort of the purest of well, I want to experience this emotional beat when it happens. I wonder if Nick's thing only works though as like a weird like anti-vaxxer herd immunity thing where like he excludes himself from the trailer experience and then the rest of the world lets him know if the movie's worth seeing. (laughs) Maybe. The the actual, the unfortunate side effect is that I'll be unaware of really cool movies that are coming out because I don't read articles about, I don't read movie blogs anymore. I don't look at trailers and then it's like, Oh, I didn't know that. That looks interesting. And then I'll see the first, 30 seconds of a trailer and stop watching it. Yeah. Or pop in the headphones. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. so that's why tack. <laughs> so, so I, I hope people appreciate that tangent. I, I hope we didn't waste your time. Did I ever tell you my, my complaint about Game of Thrones and the crows? No. Like if you ever watch Smallville, and maybe it's because they don't have a lot of sets, but they keep doing this thing of like somebody will walk in a room and say, I got your message. And then they can do the rest of the scene from that. Like, mm. and it's constant in that show. They keep, I got your message. And then scene begins in game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like, I got your Raven. <laughs> like, that's constantly what's happening in game of Thrones. It's like, instead I mean, of cell phones, they have Ravens, this which is I you. guess transport instantaneously from one side of the world to the other. Yeah, they definitely had, like, a realistic crow flying speed at the start of the series. The ravens definitely, they use them less later in the series. Okay. They just, they sent a raven and, like, it was like, okay, this is, this is needs to happen now. And, like, it literally happened right then. And it was just like, holy oh, crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. It's like, you really want to write a story with cell phones, but you can't. And ravens <laughs> don't replace that. How, well, how fast can they fly? I also don't have any concept of how big Westeros is. Wow. They can fly around 50 miles per hour. Huh. So, I mean... Well, let's call it the speed of the U.S. mail, ultimately, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. if somebody sends a letter from New York... Uh And I guess ravens don't sit in sorting facilities. No, they don't. At a time, they can travel up to 500 miles. Wow. But the fastest... And longest ever recorded was 1,100 miles. All right. So those are the Westeros ones. Right. Yeah. Michigan. The fastest conceivable one is the standard in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, they could be magic ravens. I mean, clearly one of them is, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or they just threw it real hard. (laughs) It drank the sewage water. You don't throw the bird out the window. They just gave me a little boost. You put it in like a t-shirt launcher? You just... It's like you get a nice spiral on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) A poor animal. Yeah, I remember when you you first got your cell phone number, uh, people were calling you about drugs or something. No, that was me. Yeah. No, that didn't Uh, happen to me. Yeah, that was me. My phone number in high school, I'd get calls at like 2 a.m. Hey. Is Jose there? No, this is not Jose. Oh, do you have any weed? 
<laughs> no. I don't have any weed. Well, they did already take the time to call. No, mine mine was the one, Brett, where some girl was going around giving poor guys my phone number oh, instead of yeah. hers. <laughs> so I'd right. get the phone call like, is this Stephanie? No. Well, are you are you sure this isn't Stephanie? Yeah. Oh, it's it's the number she wrote on the napkin. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. Sorry. Ooh, that reminds me, robots. How are you liking the new Doctor Who, Mitch? I haven't gotten to watch it yet. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh good. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Cuz I I tried to go back through Capaldi. I, I will back. I tried to go through Capaldi. I have not. The Capaldi actually. barrier? Uh, it's so hard. It is hard. But you know what? <laughs> you, can, you can jump right into Jodie Whittaker. She, it, like, none of that stuff okay. matters. You don't even have okay. to. It's such a different show. Like, it is. The media oh, of like, Chris Chibnall is here. Okay. Good. That makes and me very happy. I can't say I'm like thrilled with it yet. I think I'm still in that stage of like nobody likes the new doctor yeah yeah i came at it with a true. lot of goodwill towards her because i dig her like in yeah. Broadchurch, she was brilliant yes but there's some stuff that she's done so far that kind of felt like it fell a little flat hmm. to the point where i like i think she could be really good after she spooled up three or four episodes or mm-hmm. i hope it's not like an early crack is it, it's what, we're two episodes in? Yes. Yeah. To her now? Okay. See, I thought All that right. the second episode, I thought it, 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 I thought she really shined in that one. Like, the, the playfulness. Yeah she's, and, yeah. she's generally great. There's just been a few moments of like, all right, what's that? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what yeah. we're really looking for is like, story. We can skip Capaldi if we need to. Oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. Can. Oh. I really sure. liked him as an actor and like the gravitas he brought to the role and then but like what they were writing for him I thought uh, was just garbage. The story is just yeah. so bad. Stephen Moffat like, ran out of steam. It's like he mistook like plot twists for like let me throw a random thing in there. <laughs> Isn't it so interesting? Like yeah. ooh, you know, old London mystery. Yeah, yeah, confusing. Just kidding. There's a fucking dinosaur. Like, no. <laughs> Fuck you. Get confusing out of here. Confusing randomness for for a plot twist. Yeah. yeah. It seems like he did a lot of stuff for the sake of one scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it didn't really work for the rest of even the story of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Mitch, have us on your show. I would love to. I will definitely make yeah. that happen. I remember we recorded Zoolander uh, like two, a week before Zoolander 2 came out. And we were like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to love this. And then it bombed. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, we got this episode in the can. I guess it's going out anyway. No one's going to listen. But <laughs> <laughs> That's weird that I still haven't seen Zoolander 2. I, I know. I haven't either. I want to see it. Don't. Do you? Ooh. Do you really Don't. want to see it? Do you think? Do you, Brett? Have you seen it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because I was gonna ask, do you think if I got really stoned and drank a lot of beer, if it would be funny? But if if it's not even that level of worth it, I it, it can't possibly. I mean, Mitch, it sounds like you've seen it. Yeah, I did. I, I, I went and saw it the, when it came out in theaters, and it was just like. Just too long after the first movie. Just it wasn't good. The jokes, oh. just they just tried doing the same jokes, and you know, like when they do the same jokes, but it's 
more exaggerated just came out that way. Plus, like, Zoolander, the original one, like, really affected comedy for a while. Like, people were quoting that shit all the time. And, like, there's no way you can go back and do those jokes without them sounding stale, even decades later. Like, (laughs) they needed to evolve that. So y'all see Westworld? Yes. I've seen Zero Season 2. Okay, well then, I will say nothing. (laughs) Sorry. I will just say I was kind of right. I don't remember what we talked about, but probably. But we haven't seen the last half of the season finale. Mm. Oh, well then, never mind. <laughs> well, make sure you watch to the end of the credits because the end of the credits is the thing that's like crazy. I feel like <sighs> that feels awful to me. Like. Now I'm like going to have to start watching the TV credits. show credits. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm barely down to do that for Marvel movies. And we, no we one went else. To see, we went to see the new Jurassic World, and then later I was listening to a review in a podcast, and they're talking about the scene after the credits that I had absolutely no memory of. And I asked Luna, and she's like, yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how engaged I was with Jurassic World. <laughs> Hey, did y'all see Jurassic World? Because that was a weird movie. You saw it with me. No, I know. I I did not see uh, it. Now, are you talking about the new movie? Oh, yeah, Jurassic... Fallen Yeah, I guess they both have the same name, don't they? So you've all seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty terrible, right? I I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, I liked it better than the first one, too. Wow. Wow. Although this movie had, I was, I said this to Ash already, but like real big battleship problems. But yeah. my, and that's in a movie where dinos, they, they want you to believe that dinosaurs exist from genetic engineering, whatever. That's, that's the suspension of disbelief. My biggest problem with this movie was that scene where they're escaping the island and they're on this truck and they do the, they jump onto the boat. On the truck, on the boat, full of people who want to kill them. Yeah, and yeah, and, and no they put on notices. hats. No one notices. Yeah, well, they, you guys, they put on hats. But like, so they look just people like people had to people. jump out of the way when their truck landed, <laughs> and like, yeah. no one noticed. And not even no, like, like if you saw the truck fly through the air <laughs> and land on a yeah. boat that was driving away, like, wouldn't you just be like, "What the fuck? That was amazing!" Like, yeah, yeah, no, no reaction. Totally. The plot was dumb and didn't make any sense. Yeah, like, I, why does she even care about the dinosaurs? They tried to murder her multiple times. Right. That that doesn't make any sense. No. And they, they never they never bothered to explain it. Also, well, it's like this ecological disaster if all the dinosaurs died. Don't you have the technology to clone new dinosaurs? That's the big deal here, I think, is like a lot of the whole like, oh, we have to save the species is like because if they die, then they're gone forever. But like they're not. Isn't the whole point well, of Jurassic Park that you worked around that whole gone forever problem? I still want to do the podcast where we just rewatch Outcast videos. <laughs> I think that would be so much fun. That would be a I guess you it's could just outcast. call it Outcast. Yeah, yeah the Outcast. The re- let's rewatch Outcast. Mm-hmm. Somebody outcast must cast. already have an Outcast. Outcast. I'm checking. I have to know. It sounds like a gay community thing. Why? Because, because it's Brett the Outcast. Oh. 
<laughs> I thought you were saying it in like a negative connotation, like they're oh. cast. I was like, what the oh. hell? Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, Brett. it's just because they're because cast is the word for it's short for podcast, guys. No, I get it now. <laughs> I thought you were making it a double entendre. Like, yeah, I thought you were just cast and they're outcast by society because they're gay. Like that's where my mind went first. Oh, maybe well, they're like hella punk Brett- gay people. Brett is correct because there is such Boom. a podcast. Yes. <laughs> they also are called Out Now, but it's Outcast, Out Now. Mm-hmm. But Outcast, the Damn, band is Brett. spelled with a K. Oh, really? oh, oh. shit. School. So outcast cast. <laughs> outcast. <laughs> There's DJ Outcast, which seems. Yeah, don't mm. Like you don't stole that name. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm DJ Led Zeppelin. DJ DJ Beetle. Yep. Rocking that SEO. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what are you? I'm DJ Daft Punk. That's like <laughs> That's like I was at Lowe's today and there were these like scrubby things. Like like scrub pads that you would use to clean your kitchen, and they're called Scrub Daddy, which Nick Ooh. was like uh. That sounds like a DJ name. DJ Scrub Daddy. Ew, it sounds very <laughs> gross. It sounds like Leather Daddy. Right? It just sounds wrong. <laughs> Wait, what is that? I don't... Do I want to know? That's like those... Mm. The, the, they were the it's leather. porn? They were the leather. The leather people. That's what they're called? Yeah. Ew. They're usually gay, right? Because they're the daddy. Leather Daddy. What is that? You guys How's need it? a shovel? What? Dig, dig in your grave, it's digging a big gay grave. <laughs> so, do you guys see Venom? I just, yeah. I don't get this idea of, if you're going to have a superhero movie, you you've clearly have a conflict and you almost certainly need a fight. And so, you need, like, who is your main character fighting? So, why do you want to see a movie about the Joker without Batman. Why do you want to see Venom without Spider-Man? Like, what, what, what are you doing here? Well, the and Joker could be an interesting tragedy if told correctly. Sure, and and that one could be a movie where maybe there's not a fight. Mm-hmm. And so that one actually could have something. But, but what's the conflict? Who's the bad guy if the main character is the bad guy? Or are you trying to tell me that the bad guy is the good guy, in which case, fuck you? Yep. Well, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> right? Like, expect me to walk out of a movie theater thinking Venom was the good guy. What are we doing here? I mean, okay. So, I don't even want to believe that. So, There Will Be Blood is a movie. Of- Correct. About <laughs> that's where my sentence ends. It is a movie. Uh, I like your argument. It's a mo- <laughs> sincerely. You're making no, a great point. Yeah, like it's a movie about a guy that is the bad guy, yeah. and he wins. Yeah, and it's still a good movie. Like it's also not a superhero movie, but he also True. loses. Like it's not really about him winning. It's just about it's like watching him descend into madness, yeah. or or like breaking. But it is a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy. I see. that's what. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like and you can tell that story as a tragedy, and there isn't a physical bad guy. It's just about this character's descent. You know, mm-hmm. and had they maybe made 
Eddie Brock more interesting, maybe. But I don't know. I love your your argument, Sam. But I don't know. It just feels <laughs> like it's a completely different type of movie. And why are we wasting our time with trying to make Venom the good guy? Movie you, Pass said pass. Using using Movie Pass, uh, Sam and I. Well, I guess we only did it with, with one of them. But yeah. we've accidentally watched two separate Jack Black current Halloween offerings. Oh, did you see the one where he looks like a wizard on the poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah we watched we Is it watched good? uh so okay, so something you might yeah. not know about a house with a clock in the walls is it's directed by Eli Roth. Yep. What? Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> Despite being generally not fantastic. What the it's fantastic like it's ridiculous and there's there's imagery in it that's legitimately frightening and because it's eli roth yeah and Mm. and we're watching this movie it's just like what the fuck did we just watch uh but like it but it was like the story fell apart and like had a bunch of kid kid level like fart jokes and stuff but like Yeah. yeah You know, if they could, if they could have just gotten out of their own way with that, that would have been a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. So I recommend seeing it just because, like, it worked r- r- way better than it should have. <laughs> for for small segments, I would argue that the beginning is it painfully boring. Yeah, they take a long time to get into the magic. Yeah, painfully boring. That's and then- like when David Gordon Green directed Pineapple Express was this huge pivot like this is not your type of movie <laughs> what did he direct before pineapple express like all the real girls and george washington and huh. like these really painfully human personal tragedies and then pineapple express <laughs> like, what, Guy's what got are range. you doing isn't he the one that's directing the new halloween I think you're right. I think you're nice right. Nice segue, Mitch. <laughs> wow. That, I wasn't even trying to make that connection. Because I remember seeing that. I'm like, wow, that makes me really interested. Yeah, him and Danny McBride wrote it. Really? Mm. I like the things Danny McBride's been doing. Did you he's, see Vice really Principles? No, I wanted to, though. It's wow. good. such a dark fucking show like but oh principles yeah <laughs> but i really liked it but that's it's totally my kind of humor yeah, yeah. i have a tough time it's with mean him. people <laughs> you're totally right mitch he is he did direct the new halloween which i'd forgotten about that which makes me even more jazzed to see it because <laughs> clearly that dude can pivot and yeah, make awesome no kidding, different yeah. stuff guys got range so you're hanging out with the season sorry okay at a bar me and Aziz. And he offers to go get everyone drinks. And you ask oh, for, for you ask for a bud. And then as he's walking away, um, you say, Aziz, light. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Thank you, Aziz.